Welcome to the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Brought to you by Voice for Heroes 501c3. Welcome to another episode of Education, Career, and Beyond. And it's just Ed and I today. Our amazing Capri has to finish up her last week at Purdue so she can come back home to San Diego with us. So we're letting her off the hook this week. But we have a really fun guest. I know Ed's already spinning. He has so many questions. It's going to be fun. But we have Tom Carter. He is an attorney. But what I love is that he's with us today to discuss his journey and how it wasn't maybe so easy and how he hit some obstacles and and having to figure himself out as he became into the career that he has now, helping businesses and entrepreneurs through his law practice. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. And uh, I got to say, I love the topic. I remember these days well and going from <laughs> student to new in the career and to learning how to actually cut it. It's a quite a journey. And so if I could help people, it's, it would you know help me. Welcome to the program, Tom. It's good to have you with us. Thank you. Well, we would love for you to just start off. I love the letter that you sent to us about what you learned. Let's talk a little bit about your journey to start off with before we start drilling you with a bunch of other questions, because that's the fun part for us. But I really want our audience to understand where you've come from, where you went, and what some of that path was for you. Sure. No problem. Um, Again, I'm a business attorney. I, from high school student to business attorney was quite a journey, Um, you know, going to uh, public high school for the last year after going to um, private high school in Claremont, California. I was in the Bay Area and had senioritis like everybody else. Then I went on my college journey out to Memphis, Tennessee. I had a really nice four-year college experience. Uh, Really, you know, was in a fraternity, did the whole Southern frat thing. Uh, Great academics, learned a lot, made my lifelong friends. And then uh, like everybody else, well, like most people, I wasn't too sure as to what my next move would be. Um, After taking one year off, uh, figuring out what my next stop was, I decided, hey, let's try this law school. It sounds like doing homework for a career, but I'll give it a shot anyway. Um, You know, you you dive right in head first and you uh, after your first semester, everybody second guesses it. Is this for me? How much money did I take out in loans? <laughs> but you decide to soldier on and you, you're really. Neg- Here we uh, go. Uh, I saw a little blip there. Um, yeah, we froze a little bit. Sorry, everyone. Please continue. That's all right. <laughs> um, you know, do I get my JD and move on? Do I want to take the bar? Do I want to live in California? I hear the California bar is the hardest. All these things. And it, you know, creates the turmoil and uncertainty. And I just decided to say, keep your head down and try it. And it worked. And uh, I have to tell everybody that when you start off as a lawyer, like for most people and in most careers, it does not take in the beginning. You may have passed the bar. You may have a license, but you're basically worthless because you don't have a lot of real world <laughs> experience. Your Other lawyers will chew you up and spit you out. 
You don't know the context of what you're going to. You sound like a fool when you go before a judge. You just don't know the context of it. And, and you're scared because you're working on all these, you know, older attorneys with hair that's even wider than mine. And you're, you, you, you're, the uncertainty lasts for years and it could be very trying on your nerves, your psyche, all those things. But thankfully I made it to the point, I'd say about year five into my career where, and, and people told me this would happen, but everything one day just went click. And I became a lawyer and I, I just hmm. basically said, I, now I get it. Now I know what I'm doing. Now I have the confidence. Now it's the Tom show. And it, it was great, but I got to tell you, you know, I love what I do now. I go to court four to five times a week. I do trials, all that stuff to get to the comfort level is a path that is filled with fits and stops and sideways and self doubt and all that stuff that uh, young people need to understand that you're going through it. The person next to you is going through it and it's okay. You just, you know, find out what you want and keep going forth. So that is that's so powerful. They do, not, they do not write that in the textbook and we don't see that in the cool TV movies about becoming a lawyer. Uh, yeah. It's a, a different story they show, but it's just like everything else. It's a grind. You you have so many thinking about woods, right? Yeah, oh, woods, yeah. <laughs> and that's how it happens, and everything's just perfect and wonderful. And that's not the case. As you really identified that in yourself, when you look back, do you think, how did I even make it through that? Were there times you really wanted to quit, or was it just enough that you're like, this is okay, I need to keep pressing through? For me, there were times when I really uh, was unhappy and wanted to quit and really said, this is not for me and said, I made a mistake, but an honest mistake in choosing law school. Uh, it's it's a weird, uh, unnatural way of thinking when you become a lawyer and what you're supposed to be. It's illogical. It's uh, I do that all the time, explaining to people the context of why I do what I do and why it makes sense. But it did not fit at first. It really did not. And, and that's okay. And, and I think, oh, this must be unique to lawyers. I don't think so. I think anybody who starts in a career, you're, you're young and fresh. And um, at least in my case, I love the social life of college. I'm sure everybody out there does, at least to some degree. You go into law school and it's not that. It's not that. It's not fun and parties. I mean, there will be parties and things like that. But you're grinding. You're reading all day, eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, reading cases. And, and I was in San Diego at the time. I know you guys are in San Diego. I was right by the peep, the beach and people having fun on the beach. Why well, would I go there? But no, I'm stuck in the law library. So, yeah, it messes with you. <laughs> it messes with you. Uh, but you just, you know, it's like you really, life is about trade-offs. You say, I will forego the fun now in the hopes of making it down the road. And thankfully for me, it, it turned out just like I, I'm sure for all your students in their own way, it definitely will turn out. Ed, I know your wheels are spinning. You're on deck. Um, you know, Tom, I like, I like the honesty about mm -hmm. how the journey was for you. Uh, typically I put this question at the end, but I'm actually going to put it at the beginning um, when you were having those doubts, did you have a mentor or somebody you could go to that kind of help you keep moving forward? I did. And uh, I call them the three wise men, my family's three wise men, which are all three attorneys who were very close. 
my parents back in the day were on a softball league and they were all friends. It was like a, a parents beer league and three of the people <laughs> on there were attorneys. And I just sort of thought, Hey, they get a lot of respect and they seem to make decent money. And I, I just saw it as a good career path and of a meat and potatoes type of job. And I could turn to them. And um, one of them gave me my first job, which really helped out. The other two helped me through every step of the way, guiding me through, whether it's give me the real practical advice or just cheer up. You got this. And and I remember saying uh, to one of them in particular, this is nerve wracking. I, I can't handle the pressure. My gut, I'm sick of these gut wrenchers every time I go to these tests and do this. And he put it in perspective and goes, yeah, I know you hate it. But that's what you got to do. You got to buck up. You're going to get through it every time. Well, what, what's the saying? He said, um, it never gets any easier. You just get really? a little bit better at it. So, <laughs> that's that's the like truth that with everything. It has yeah. not gotten any easier. I'm just getting better at dealing with the not easy. That's true. Step by step, you you progress. And everybody's I want to get into um, the business side of the business. Tom, I'm just curious in terms of um, litigation, contract law, or what other aspect of law, what do you really enjoy uh, about the work that you do? Boy, um, I've been a business lawyer the entire time. I've been a lawyer, gosh, going on 15, over 15 years now. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, but all those times I've been involved in business law of some form or another and litigation, I've tried to get out of it early in my career. A lot of lawyers, people in law school say, oh, I want to do wills, trusts, and estates, but I don't want to do litigation or I'll do family law. I don't want to do litigation. And that's exactly how I was. But like the mob, it sucks you in and you can't get away from it. And that's really the work, the, the heavy lifting that a lot of people don't like doing. Um, uh, but I, I, I went for it. And so I want to do business law, but you can't escape the litigation. So 30% about what I do is transactional work, drafting contracts, buy, sell agreements. You want to get investors in your business, stuff like that. Kind of boring ministerial stuff. The fun stuff for me is litigation. Probably about 70% of what I do is uh, litigation. And that's breach of contract, fraud, online defamation all day long. Uh, employer defense, because as you know, in California, I'm sure you guys know if you have employees, beware. Um, you know, it's my opinion, and I'm on the defense side, but it's it's clearly it's legal extortion in the state. It's extortion, but it's legal, and businesses get shaken down all the time. And my job is to protect them. Uh, sometimes, you know, I tell employers, look, if you punch an employee in the face, I can only help you so much. But when they come with these ridiculous, like. You, you, I told you to get a doctor's note and you didn't have it. So, and you're out three days. And then you go out and say, well, I, I was uh, wrongfully terminated and I have a worker's comp claim from, from stress for being harassed by my boss. I see that kind of stuff all day long. So, um, it's interesting. Yeah. I kind of segue to here, there, and everywhere in your question, but I hope I uh, kind of responded to it. No, you did a good job. I'm kind of curious in terms of um, back to your journey. When you, what was the fork in the road? What was the other considerations for you in a, besides business law? Was there other niches you were considering? Um, not really. 
I like that my mother was a small business owner. My grandfather was a mm. doctor and had his own practice. I got to know what the small business person's concerns were. Uh, yeah. They're, you know, they're street fighters. They're trying to pay, make their payroll. They're trying to get that profit. And you have your sort of academic lawyer mind who's like, oh, well, this, uh, no, you got to make the two meet. And, you know, when I was able to do that, it, it really helped. Um, talking about my journey, uh, there I was working for a large firm and I really liked the people, but I hated the work. I hated it. Mm. And I just moved back from DC back to California. Um, and I was at this law firm for eight, nine months and I just hated it again, great people, perfect situation, but that big firm thing was not for me. I had done it before my career just was not for me. And I resigned after a lot of thinking and mulling it over and agonizing over it. And I did not, I did something that shocks myself is I didn't really have a plan going forth. I just hated it so much. I knew that it was bearing down on my soul and I had to get away. And I, the money was great. I was extremely unhappy. The stress was getting to me. Uh, not even so much the stress of the job, just the stress of the fact that I was dealing with something I hated doing. Mm -hmm. It makes food taste bad, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> well, it's a great motivator, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It sure is. So I just said, I, I remember I went in and, and I resigned. And as I left, I remember playing uh, um, Bob Dylan's The Man in Me cranked up like, oh, my God, I just resigned. What am I going to do? And I said, you know what? Come hell or high water, you're going to be OK. You have to have that self-faith and you know belief that, look, I'm willing to work have a law license, have gun, will travel, but I'm going to survive. I just don't want to do that. Yeah. Serendipity hit. And two weeks later, I got a job as general counsel for a company in Glendora. And I was like, oh my God, how did I land there? It was total, just amazing luck. But, um, but if we hadn't let go to the other, that opportunity may not have presented itself. Exactly. Exactly. And I took that risk. I rolled the dice. Some would say it was dumb. In hindsight, it was the exact right thing to do. Um, and for I'd say, you know, anything I could say to the young people is if you hate something or even you're in college, you want to switch majors. That's OK. It's OK. It's OK to step sideways. It's OK to back off. Now, if I wanted to say, you know, I, I don't want to be a lawyer, I'm going to go open Tom's bar. That's kind of a dumb idea, right? But if you hey, like, hey, a, hey, Tom, <laughs> easy with the dumb ideas. <laughs> Sorry about that. There are no dumb ideas. I think I, I would be a bad bartender. There would be no profit. <laughs> um, but, but you know, I, I, it's okay to say, look, I'm going to drop this. I, I, this did not work out. I'm going to shift gears and I'm going to try to be happy and successful at this new thing, and I'm going to make the change. So it worked for me and it's, it was terrifying, agonizing, but you do it, you do it, you know, is right. And it, it worked out. So. Uh, before I turn it back over to Amy for a few questions, Tom, I wanted to get into this idea. I think off before we started the podcast, I mentioned to you that, you know, I'm a small business owner and my first go around in business, I wish I had consulted with a business attorney before I did end up costing me a bunch of money. But I also know entrepreneurs by nature don't want to spend a lot of money, particularly on what they believe to be non-essential. So maybe for those young people out there getting started in a new business or someone who's brave enough to step on the ledge to do that, do you have some must-dos, must-haves as a small business owner getting started? I do. 
And there are, you're exactly right. And a lot of people say, I have a good idea. I could start making money and they proceed. <laughs> they just start making the money. They start selling the product. And then they come to me down the road and say, oh, I don't have a contract or, oh, me and my, my business partner, we're really not getting along. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I see that all the time. And then they come to me like, okay, you guys are getting along. Where's your agreement? Oh, we, we didn't mm. have one. He's my brother-in-law. Yeah. Like it was all good. It was a handshake. Oh, your brother-in-law. Okay, great. Now you guys aren't getting along. No, because you caught him cheating <laughs> on your sister and now it's totally awkward. And yeah, yeah. All those things happen. <laughs> so, you know, it's like now you, that's why you need an agreement, even in those deals that will never go wrong. I'm going into, I tell people all the time, don't you dare go into business with family because <laughs> um, it's just so full of pitfalls. But when those things happen, disputes amongst owners, people get hit with fines because they didn't uh, get a proper license from the city. They are personally liable because they forgot to create an LLC or a corporation. That stuff is all very real. And people come to me when the problem happens. Sometimes people yeah. come to me before and they say, oh, hey, I just want to get buttoned up. I'm a little worried. Or I, I heard somebody got hit with the lawsuit. I'm, Tom, did you review my contracts? And give me a, a employee manual and this, that, the other. Sure. No problem. Um, it's better to come to me then, or even earlier than then say, Tom, thinking about going into business, what will I need? Help me out. Talk to me. Then to come to me when the problems already happened, you're saving yourself yeah. money, grief and aggravation. But even if you screw up, even if it's like, Oh, I got hit with an employment lawsuit. And yet I, I always been 1099 ing these people. Very common thing in California. Um, yeah, you're going to, you're, you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to learn your lesson the hard way, but you have to wear your mistakes like badges of honor and you learn. I tell everybody who comes in here before they come to the problem, I go, Hey, you're asking me questions and you, people say, you know, gee, I, I know it's a really dumb question, but I want to know that I'm like, I welcome dumb questions because they're not. It, people don't know. I had to go to law school to learn these in practice to learn the context of all this. And it, I'm like, look, if you're sitting here and you're wise enough to come into my office and get a free consult and talk to me and, and get some information, you're already becoming a better business person. Good. Because they're 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 learning, they're willing, they're they're keeping their ear to the ground, they're trying to figure things out, they're curious, they accept that they don't know everything, and they march forward learning bit by bit. So I tell people, you know, even people who have to settle horrible lawsuits, I'm like, look, it's it's bad right now, but take the 30,000 foot view of your life. You have learned, you've gotten an immense education, not just how trials work and how the law works and how lawsuits work. But really where your mind needs to be on the cost-benefit analysis of legal disputes, yeah. of, yeah. gee, the value of being right. I, you know what? I, I did not, you know, uh, the product that I sent over to them were not defective. I'm going to die on this hill. I'm going to plant my flag and dig in, and I'm not going to give in. Okay, fine. But, you know, after you've paid me $100,000 and we settle on the eve of trial, I'm like, do you remember that conversation we had back then? You may have proven yourself in, you know, your moral victory. And I get but it. And that, that yeah, that means a lot to people. But me, I'm like, look, I'm divorced to your emotions of your business. I'm just the business lawyer. And for me, it's about money. 
It's about dollars yeah. and cents. How do we get this problem over as quickly and as cheaply as possible? That's I like what I do. <laughs> I know. I like them a lot too. Yes. It, 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 it resonates with me, Tom, because I, I've, I've dealt with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, on different sides. I know you, you have some experience on the franchise side. I had some experience in that. And it, it is a badge of honor. You hope that you get out of it in one piece so that you can live to fight another day. That's yeah. really what it's about. Um, it's fascinating to me. Uh, Amy, go ahead if you got a couple questions. I do. And this is now going a different direction here, but it's because sure. that's the lane I sit in all the time. Tom, I'm a professional public speaking and communications coach, right? How important is it as an attorney? Because people may think, oh, you know, I'm a media coach. Well, I, I'm not going to be on television. But how important is it for you because of what you do to have effective communication? Because I'm noticing that, especially with AI coming out right now, I, I think AI is great. I think that this is a fantastic opportunities to, to utilize in businesses and personal life. However, nothing changes being able to speak. And I hope that, that AI doesn't become a crutch where our young adults think they don't need to learn this. In your profession, could AI replace what you have to do in a courtroom? Not yet. No, definitely not yet, because it does... You have to move on a dime, and and I'm not trying to say that I can think faster than Chat GPT or anything like that, but the nuance of it to get the nuance of the pitch of a courtroom when things change with a certain emphasis of a word happens, yes. there's no way it just moves too fast, and your audience is another human. So mm -hmm. I, I don't think it can. I, I don't have much experience with dealing with it in the law yet, although everybody's talking about it, it's coming around the bend. Um Thankfully, we lawyers will probably just outlaw it. <laughs> Thankfully. Well, a big part of my profession that I help a lot of individuals with and a part that I have a difficulty maybe with some of our young adults is understanding the importance of taking out yeah. those filler words. Um, so, yeah, if you were to go in front of a judge and say, um, so, uh, uh, your honor, um, so as you're working your case, how bad yeah. would that represent on you? How important is it, it for you to know how to articulate? Very, very important. And more so, of course, for the judge, but more so for my clients. I'm up there doing oral argument or motion argument with very, very well-crafted attorneys who know exactly what's going on and are always on point. And these judges, I mean, please, they're great. Um, if I come across sounding foolish or I don't do my homework, it's going to stick out like a sore thumb. And my client's going to be like, I paid this guy to, to argue for me. Um you you have to be buttoned up and you have to have it all together. Public speaking, and, and I, I was mentioning earlier the, the high school I went to, they have a big emphasis on public speaking. Good. It's always helped me. And now at this point, I've gone through so much you know, core argument, oral arguments that I don't really even think about it. It just comes second nature. Um, but for young people, people may even have a stammer. Maybe they're, they, they, you know, it's the last thing they ever want to do. Well, then don't be so hard on yourself. Join Toastmasters or something. Go on speed dating. Learn to talk to people. Uh, just go out and do it. All you can do is get better. That's all you yes. can do and, and get better. And, and you know, I, no matter all the training, the first time you go up to the courtroom, you're like, oh, your voice cracks, you know, like your 16-year-old boy. <laughs> oh, hello, you're, you don't know what to say. It gets better. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to leave sounding like a fool because you know what? You're never going to do that again. Right. So. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tom, it reminds me one time I was in court and uh, 
I won't bore you with the details, but <laughs> the the opposing lawyer quoted a case and he said the name of the case, the parties in the case as a reference, and everyone in the courtroom started laughing. So I leaned over to my attorney and I was like, what's that all about? I was like, uh, yeah, he pronounced the name wrong, which means he doesn't know anything about this particular uh work that he was hired to do and I, and I think that's interesting because um from this perspective how important is it to get the right attorney for the job because i would imagine that also can cost you money too and how do you qualify someone and see if they're the right fit for your organization sure well again going back money is the answer to that question if you are a large business and you have the means to pay a large law firm like one of the big ones in you know downtown LA they charge you know easily 30 40 grand a month for simple stuff and i'm not i'm not discouraging them they have the resources they have seven attorneys working on your case me mm. it's me and my staff and you know maybe one other attorney working on it, but you get, you get me. And so I don't charge you that, but I don't have that kind of overhead. So sure. if you, if you're a business, it doesn't have 30, 40 grand to deal with and, and give over to a huge law firm. You're probably going to want somebody like me and you're going to want somebody with experience and you're going to want somebody, you know, it's people don't know. And I try to tell people all the time, well, this lawyer was great. You know, he helped me with my divorce. So I figured he'd help me out with this, this business lawsuit. Okay. Mm. He's a, he's a divorce lawyer. This is business law and civil litigation. It's, diff, it's just yes. different. He might be great, but you got to get somebody who knows the, you know, the context of it. And really, I think one of the things that I pride myself on, like, why do I think I stand out is because I give really good bedside manners. I talk to people, I tell them what to worry about, what not to worry about. Attorneys are supposed to be counselors yet. I don't think they do it that much. Mm. I, people come in and they're you get served with the lawsuit, your hair starts turning white. You start flipping. That's the last thing you think about when you go to sleep. The first thing you think about when you, you wake up and people are like this, you know, the attorneys can write, you could lose your house, you know, all these things. Oh my God, what's going to happen in my life? Come mm -hmm. on in, sit down, calm down. I'll tell you the context of it. Here's what you're looking at. Here's how much it'll cost. I deal with this all the time. People leave, they feel better. Then they can handle it. And they're not stressing themselves out because look, okay, this is a lawsuit. You may lose 30 grand, but how much is that going to affect your life when you look down at the 30,000 foot view again? They're like, oh, remember that episode? But people flip out. They think they're going to die. You know, they're going to be, they're being choked out because they got sued. We'll deal with this. We'll deal with this. Mm -hmm. You got this. Tom, is there a time when you've had to fire a client where like, I just cannot work with this Ooh, partner. Like this I'm name, but is there a time you're like, you know, cause it's one thing for you to worry about everybody vetting you. Is he the attorney I want? But I would imagine you also have to be picky and say, okay, this is not the client for me. Yes. And you want to do that sooner rather than later. You try to filter them out before they even become clients. And sometimes you, you get that gut feeling. The, the old saying is that the best client, some of your best clients are the ones you don't take. Um, mm -hmm. When I have a problem, it's I, I like communicating with people and I it's hard in this sense. People when people come to me, they're already stressed and pissed and worried and oh, my God, my poor business, what's going to happen to my future? And then I also have to charge them when I charge them. So it's there. This isn't Disneyland. <laughs> people come to my office. They are. It's not happy. It's like the trail of tears. You know what I mean? <laughs> and. 
you know, my down the hall. Well, I used to work with some uh, psychologists. They were down the hall, but it was like, this is where dreams go to die. Um, <laughs> but that's quite the hallway. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the building of despair. And a right but, in the middle. <laughs> exactly. 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 Um, but but pe so people are already heightened. It's not like a good conversation or or you know, hey, let's talk about this construction contract. It's all right, people are already upset. And some people I try my best to explain the context of what we're dealing with, and people have just have a hard time accepting it. And so they sort of disagree with what I'm telling them, even though I'm like, hey, you need to do it. It's completely foolish. We'll lose all credibility if we do it the other way. Oh, I want to do it that way. Okay, well, now we're having a breakdown of the communication. Probably another, the, the most standout personality that happens is people who like to play lawyer themselves and say, well, I looked into this and I think that, you know, what about this argument? It's like, you're paying me to do it because I know what I'm doing. Well, what, Tom, why can't you just go before the judge and tell him that this is all BS? It's like, oh, well, the Google law. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I'm like, okay, first, you, there's no evidence you're hearing until we get to the trial. You have to wait for that. But why can't you just, what are you, what are you not doing? Why can't you get it before the judge faster? Mm -hmm. why, and it's like, it, it just doesn't work like that. We're not going to work out. Go to somebody else. But, it, you know, you don't want them to be mad at you. And you definitely, ethically, you can't leave them in a bad spot. You just have to hand them off to, the next attorney so it it, it does uh, happen this, but again, when they're when they leave and they, it's happy and you've, you've sent them on to the next person that sense of relief comes it does i get that <laughs> um so tom i got two more questions one's sure. semi-serious one some kind of fun let's do the semi-serious one we i work with a lot of young people who are trying to do community outreach they want to do some nonprofit work sometimes uh, they find someone like Amy who already has a 501c3 and they can attach themselves to that. Uh, but at the same time, some of them want to kind of go out and do something. They want to form something. They want to create something. Uh, I don't know if you can offer some suggestions in that because they don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to put that together. But I, I want them to have a sense of I want to do it right. I want to be responsible and I want to make something uh, make something of value for the, the world. What would be your advice to a young person who's trying to give back, but they want to do it in a way maybe that, you know, there's some structure behind it? Sure. Great question. Okay. So being young means you have to be kind of agile, right? You have to be able to, I mean, maybe they, maybe they get a, a fellowship some here, so they have to move to the East Coast or a new program. They want to apply to school, at the University of Washington, whatever the case may be, you have to be able to kind of move on a dime when you're young. So if you have a young person who really wants to give back and get involved, they can always volunteer their time. And I would definitely suggest in a place that interests them, right? not something maybe that's against your political beliefs or something that you don't, you don't want, like find something that generally interests you and does not offend and volunteer your time and build up that resume and get those knowledge and experience points under your belt. But don't, make it your own. Don't launch your own 501c3 unless you're a hundred thousand percent sure that that's what you want to do. I don't want to discourage anybody if they're saying, uh, this guy or this lawyer is saying it's a dumb idea. It's not a dumb idea. If you have that passion and you want to do it, five, I launched a 501c3 not long ago. Um, you know, it's not an everyday sort of thing, but they're doing great work and they're helping. It's a sort of a knowledge realm thing. A client who's really helping people. 
And, right. and that's great, but there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And it's not mm-hmm. just the money that, that takes to launch the 501c3. You got to have kind of a little bit of a staff. There's a lot that goes into it. Something that doesn't, in my mind, fit with a young, young person. So gotcha. if, but if you have that passion and it's burning, like, no, this is what I want to do. Woe be is anybody who stands in your way. Go for it. And it's just, a, it's a, it's a 501c3. They're launched all the time. Nothing yes. like that can't happen for you. Very cool. Uh, so here's my fun question. Last week we had on a police officer and I asked him about television police shows and he almost fell out of his chair laughing and how ridiculous they are. So I'm gonna ask you the same question. Is there a, a law show that you've watched and said that's an absolute piece of garbage or one that you said, man, that's actually pretty good. That's pretty close to what I can do in less than an hour of TV time. <laughs> really, every one of them is garbage. Um, my, my, my wife says, and I didn't used to be this way, but my wife said, you cannot, I cannot watch anything legal with Tom now because I watched this one Goliath, which is with Billy Bob Thornton and no, no discouraging Goliath. It was very good. I did like it, but it's so theatrical and the judges, it's just (laughs) missed. it's not like that. And the things right. they're granting, I'm like, it would never happen like that. But it's only, I get annoying only because I know. Um, right. Yeah. If there's one show that could, I'd say that really gets a person, mechanically, they're never going to be like that. But the one show I can say would kind of give a person as to how society works and how the criminal justice system works would be your classic law and order. It does educate yeah. people. Yeah. There you go. You're not going to solve a murder, you know, in, in, in 90 minutes or 60 minutes. It's not. Gives you, well, you, you got, you got it, it. What it tells you is you got your, everybody's different, right? You got your prosecutors, then you got your cops, then you got your defense attorneys, then you got your, your defendants and, and all the public and the news media and everybody's got their different role. It hashes those dynamics out. I think very well. Cool. I've always, I, I said this to the gentleman last week too, is that, I can't figure out why they try to jam all that into 60 minutes and you take out the commercials. Maybe it's 38 or 42. I'm like, you know, make it interesting. Stretch some episodes out, three shows, next one's five. Maybe this, the idea that you can wrap up a case in an hour seems a bit back to what you just said about, Hey, we can't just run in front of the judge and do this and that. I, I, I implore people who are in that business Make it make it more realistic so these young people know what it's really like. In the meantime, Tom, they've got you. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. And yeah, if they re- young people really want to learn what it's like, turn 18 and go serve on a jury. Ooh. That's Ooh. good one. Ding ding. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah, I, don't run from that. You'll learn a lot. You will learn a lot. <laughs> cool. Amy, believe it or not, I tried to keep the questions one at a time. You I put them in boxes. I'm working on that. Uh, do you have any, any I do have one more Tom? question, and especially sure. since we have such a great young adult audience watching and listening to you and, and how you've done all of this and what you do and what it takes to do that day in and day out and the journey to get there in order for you to have a great, healthy life ongoing, because you're taking on everybody else's worst day. If you're dealing with with individuals who are in lawsuits or difficult situations, you're just taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. How does Tom deflect that back out? What do you do to not take that home with you and have a healthy balance for yourself with this in your profession? Very, very good question. Um, you know, it, it, not just do I have my practice, but I have my wife and my three very small children at home, uh, four, three, and one. 
So wow. life is life is like ah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but but I I think I know it's getting better. Um, what do I like to do? I like to play sports with my little kids, spend time with them. Um, the work life balance is very very hard, but it is for everybody. And it, you know sometimes you get a little off. Keep your head down. We none of us. It doesn't come with a manual. None of us really know how to do this all that well. Just try your best and use your logic. Do you lose sleep over a case? I used to all the time. I used to worry so 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 much. I mean, it would just. I'd be racked with it. I think I've I've become worn to it. Not numb to it because I still feel it. It's just it's that threat is always there that I've learned to just accept it and live with it. And it took years and years and years and years. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Almost like the weight of the world has crushed my spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding young people. That's a joke. Wait till your kids are adults. You have no No, idea. (laughs) I am scared of that. I'm scared of that. I really am. Um, So Tom, how do we do on the questions? You're an attorney with a decent, do we get a passing grade if we ever want to step in the courtroom? A definite passing grade because, you know, you always got to think of who it is as your audience. And, you know, these young people, this is the stuff that nobody tells you. They tell you, you got to be perfect. You got to study, get that SAT, get into college. You better, what's, what grad school are you going to? What major? All this, blah, 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 blah. We're people. We're humans. We have emotions and, and needs and all that. And uh, you're not going to be perfect. Just try to be genuine and be you. And And one thing, one last thing I'd like to take to the young people the questions were great because it all came out from all i think all th- all three of us but there's a heartbreak that goes into transitioning from being a young person to an adult because when you're young you're in high school and you're in college you're cool you're dating you're partying life is is fun what's that old song like um life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone mm-hmm. a little bit of truth to that but when you're young and you're vibrant all that's you're you're going to end up in a job where you're in an office all day and you're not cool and people don't really care about you like that, but it's going <laughs> to be okay. It's going to be okay. It, it, it's shocking. It really shocked me more than your average cat. But I, after a while you realize, no, this is all by design. I, I'm going to be where I am. It's okay. Just be ready for the shock. It gets us yeah. all. I love that. I know I'm not cool. <laughs> I know that you're cool, a you're long cool time the ago. most I'll give you that one yeah well have you seen those bumper stickers that say I used to be cool those uh, don't you know cool. who I used to be yeah I, <laughs> I haven't seen that I have to check that out yeah oh my gosh Tom you're amazing well, t- this was uh, so much you. fun yeah, yeah I have to talk with you guys was, anytime there was some great takeaways one is you know don't be afraid to make mistakes part of the learning curve Two, it's uh, sometimes you got to do a job you hate, but don't do it too long so it doesn't break your spirit. I think that was a really huge takeaway. And I think the other piece is if you don't care, I loved Amy's question about, you know, do you take it with you? It's like, if you don't care, then you're probably in the wrong career because you should. If you're in a service business and people are paying you really good money to do work, you should care. It shouldn't be obsessive, but it should be the point where it matters. And I think back to, like you said, you're a counselor. And I think that's what they want. Not that they're right, but that they get counsel in a way that allows them to make informed decisions. And I think any of us who've been in that counseling space, 
you know, I'm not here to yes you. I'm here to give you direction and guidance so you don't make mistakes other people have made. So that's fantastic. Um, listen, fantastic, Tom. I love the, the the part about, you know, life balance. Everybody needs to have that. Um, and it's been a great episode. Appreciate you being here. Thank you, Ed. All right, we're going to get out of here. This is the Education, Career, and Beyond show. I'm starting to think, Amy, it probably should be Career, Education, and Beyond. But don't, either don't, way, you should be thinking about them at the same time. It doesn't matter yes. which one comes first. But your career should be um, supported by your experience, like Tom said, about getting an internship, getting be, being on a jury. How great was that? And then you apply the, the education to support that decision. So on behalf of my host, Amy and Capri, who's getting ready to come back from school, this is Tom Carter. We appreciate you being here today. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Ed. It was a pleasure. Oh, and finally.